What is up everyone? It is Quinn here back with another video and today I'm going to be talking about a must draft sleeper at every single position. So a must draft running back sleeper, wide receiver, quarterback, and tight end. Now I think everyone's definition of sleeper kind of varies and maybe this isn't technically a sleeper, but I'm going to be talking about players that are going outside the top 100 picks. So these are still guys that are going a little bit later on in drafts, either the late single digit rounds or we're getting into the double digit rounds probably later on in the off season, you know, once maybe we get some more ADP updates, all that stuff, I'll do it with more deep sleepers. But you know, these are going to be guys going outside the top 100. As always, I want to know what you guys think. So let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. And let's just jump right into it. I'm going to start it off at the running back position. And this is where I'm going to be talking about Devin A-Chain. He's currently going off the board as the running back 35, which is a uh, round 10 pick. And I'm just going to kind of preface this by saying if the Dolphins do not make any additions to the running back room, this is a price I really like for A-Chain. I do think there's some risk where if the Vikings cut Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook to the Dolphins kind of makes some sense. So I'll say this, you know, barring a uh, Dalvin Cook to the Dolphins move, I really like this price here for A-Chain. I think this is a great fit with the Dolphins. We know Mike McDaniel loves his speed, and we know A-Chain checks that box with his uh, 4-3, 240-yard dash. McDaniel was able to get guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell to be wildly efficient in this offense. Now, obviously, those guys are super talented, but I think it's kind of like the perfect fit with their athleticism, um, and then Mike McDaniel kind of scheming those guys up. Tyreek Hill was number one in yards per out run, and then Jalen Waddle was number one in both yards per target and yards per reception. I think A-Chain has a skill set where he can be used super creatively. You know, obviously as a running back, he can take carries out of the backfield, but he's also a very solid pass catcher. He can work out of the slot, run jet sweeps, you know, all sorts of stuff. And I think everyone is kind of aware that at A-Chain's current size, he was sub 190 at the combine. I believe he's above 190. I think not doing track in the offseason will kind of allow him to uh, get a little bit bigger throughout his NFL career, but he's probably never going to be a workhorse size. He may never even play an NFL game above 200 pounds, but I think if we're looking at his potential workload, I think the Dolphins are the team that really could get the most out of him, get him some valuable touches, some super efficient touches where he can kind of break off some big plays. And even if A-Chain doesn't have this massive workload, I could honestly see him on this offense being like a top 20 fantasy running back on like a 10 carry four target per game workload. I do think that's very possible if he can break some big plays, be efficient, you know, score some touchdowns. I think the kind of big question here though, is that to unlock that workload, he's going to have to uh, beat out his current competition. And the question is just like, will he be able to do that? I'm willing to bet yes. He's going to be competing against Raheem Mostert, who turned 31 years old this offseason, and then Jeff Wilson, who has pretty much been a backup throughout like his entire NFL career. So in round 10 of fantasy drafts, I will take the swing on the rookie upside with Devin A. Chain, or honestly, like if you miss on him in the draft, I think he's probably someone that could be a trade target early on in the season. We know rookie running backs tend to break out like in the second half once they kind of earn a role. So that's also a possibility if you miss out on him. You could look to trade early on when maybe we're still looking at like a Mostert, Wilson, uh, A-Chain three-man committee. That could be another opportunity to kind of uh, buy low on A-Chain. Now, my uh, must-draft sleeper wide receiver is going to be Elijah Moore going off the board as the wide receiver 49 in a round nine pick. And if you guys have uh, been here, you know, dating back to last offseason, you can tell that I am uh, ready to be hurt again by Elijah Moore. I was very high on him heading into 2022, and I really could not have been more wrong. I even think early on in the season, I was talking about him as like a uh, buy-low trade target. 
and he just totally flopped. But I think going as a wide receiver five, right? He's going outside the top 48 wide receivers. Going as a wide receiver five, I just think he's a really solid value here. After a really tough 2022 season from Deshaun Watson and just a tough finish for the Browns in general, I feel like this Browns offense is actually pretty undervalued heading into the season. I think they're one of these offenses that could really overachieve here in 2023. Looking at their offseason moves, they let Kareem Hunt kind of walk. You know, his contract was up. They haven't brought in any depth at the running back position, but they have bolstered their uh, wide receiver room, both with Elijah Moore and then also uh, in the draft. I think that's a sign they could be a lot more pass heavy here in 2023. And after Moore's like complete bust of a 2022 season, I understand that it can be hard to kind of buy in 100%, but this is a very low risk pick, right? Wide receiver 49. If you're wide receiver 49, like if you're drafting him there and he busts, that's not going to break your team. But I do think it's possible that last season with the Jets, we're looking at the quarterback situation with Zach Wilson. It seemed like he had issues with the coaching staff. I think those factors really could have stunted his production. And it's not necessarily that he's just not a talented wide receiver, because I will still be pointing back to his rookie year, where the last six games he played as a rookie, he averaged 18.9 PPR points per game. And that was with subpar quarterback play. So I truly believe there's talent in there. You know, maybe he never takes the step as being like a stud wide receiver, but I think this is a really solid fit. I do believe he's talented. Like I said, a low risk pick. And if he can step in, be the wide receiver too on this uh, offense behind Amari Cooper, if they do go pass heavy, they kind of hit a peak season as an offense. I think this could be a great, great role for his current ADP. And he could end up being a guy who flirts with like the top 24 wide receiver production, but you're getting him at wide receiver 49. So I like uh, Elijah Moore as my wide receiver sleeper. Now my QB sleeper, this is going to be the uh, latest pick out of these guys. It's going to be Trey Lance going off the board as the quarterback 24 in uh, round 15. I'm guessing in like your uh, one quarterback super flex or sorry, your one quarterback uh, redraft leagues, he's probably not going to be picked at all. And if he is picked, it's going to be like the very last round. But I truly think he has a path to mid-tier QB1 production this season. Obviously, some things are going to need to break right, but that's what we're talking about with all these guys, right? They're going to need some breaks to kind of hit their uh, ceiling. The tough thing with Lance is that the floor is just that he's not the starter. He's the backup. He doesn't play, or maybe he gets traded. He's sitting behind another quarterback on a different roster. But I feel like it seems like everyone has just totally buried him as being a potential starter here for the 49ers. I think at this point, it looks like the 49ers kind of ideal world would be that Brock Purdy is going to be their starter here in week one. But he had elbow surgery this offseason, and his current uh, return timetable to like be able to play or maybe even practice is late August, early September. Week one is early September, right? So this is kind of going to be a close call if everything goes right on whether or not Brock Purdy is going to be able to uh, be the week one guy. And so we'd be assuming no setback for a week one start. And we'd also be assuming that his arm is just totally the same, completely back to normal. You know, he doesn't have any limitations, all of this stuff. So it kind of feels like a lot of things have to break right for Purdy to be that guy in week one. Meanwhile, Lance, who's gotten healthy, is going to have the opportunity to impress throughout training camp, you know, potentially in preseason. And I think he's a guy who could benefit from that Purdy injury and maybe kind of, you know, give them an opportunity. Maybe they still want to go with Purdy, but they want to see what they have in Lance in the first few weeks, um, like let Purdy get some extra rest. That just opens up another opportunity for Lance to kind of impress them, play well and win that job. I think we know from a fantasy perspective, like Lance is the uh, much better option compared to Brock Purdy. I really think that any quarterback, 
any decent quarterback can put up really strong numbers in this Shanahan offense when you're playing with Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, but Trey Lance is going to come in and give you that extra upside with his legs. And I think in general, the fantasy community kind of as a whole has gotten really, really sharp when it comes to uh, recognizing quarterback upside, you know, for fantasy. A few years ago, you'd be getting values on guys like Lamar Jackson, um, Jalen Hurts. These guys would be going kind of later on in drafts. That's just not going to happen anymore because we know the game-breaking ceiling those guys can have. Even on underdog right now, we've got Anthony Richardson being drafted as the quarterback 10, and there's no guarantee he's even going to be like the uh, week one starter. So it's very tough to now find upside of the quarterback position later on in the drafts. And I think Trey Lance is really the only quarterback who has that serious upside with his legs. Obviously, there are guys who may be able to break in to be like the quarterback nine, quarterback eight if they hit like a big peak season as a passer. But in terms of someone who can be a strong passer on a great offense, who also has the rushing upside, you're not really going to find anyone else, you know, besides Trey Lance going this late in drafts or even a few rounds earlier. And now I do think kind of like the one just big L result of this would be if somehow Brock Purdy isn't able to play and then somehow Sam Darnold ends up being the starter. And if that's the case, I mean, then Lance is probably cooked as a 49er. I would have been very wrong. They would have been very wrong in terms of drafting him right. Like if you end up rolling with Sam Darnold, that's pretty much a pretty solid indictment here on Trey Lance. But at quarterback 24, I think the risk reward here is totally worth it. And then my final uh, must draft sleeper looking at the tight end position, it's going to be David Njoku. He's being drafted as the uh, tight end eight in uh, round nine. And I feel like a lot of my pro David Njoku argument kind of connects back to the argument I made for Elijah Moore. If they do go more pass heavy, Obviously, that's going to benefit a guy like David Njoku, and he actually looked really strong early on in the 2022 season before he uh, suffered a high ankle sprain, I believe in week seven. So from week three to week seven, he was on a tear. His uh, lowest receiving number in those five games was 58, which like for the tight end position, that is very, very impressive, was averaging 14.3 PPR points per game in that five game span, and that was while only scoring one touchdown. Then later on in the season, he returned from the high ankle sprain. He didn't really perform well. Deshaun Watson obviously wasn't playing well. The offense as a whole kind of fell apart. But David Njoku has been a guy who's taken a while to develop. But I think this could kind of be his breakout season for him. We know he's a great athlete. I just talked about how he showed the flashes last year with a more pass-heavy Browns offense. If they kind of hit a peak, I could see Njoku being the guy who kind of jumps from like that mid-tier RB or tight end one territory where it's like they don't really give you any advantage. I could see him breaking into that like 13 plus point per game range and maybe kind of mixing in there with like the TJ Hawkinsons. You're obviously going to have Kelsey way up there. Andrews is probably going to be up there. But if he's at the end of the season mixed in with like the Hawkinsons, the Wallers, I really wouldn't be too shocked about it. So those are going to be my uh, four sleepers. Maybe not the uh, textbook definition of sleepers, but we've got Devin A. Chain at running back, Elijah Moore at wide receiver, Trey Lance at quarterback, and then David Njoku at tight end. If you all enjoyed the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Let me know your thoughts down below. As always, thank you for stopping by, and I will see you in the next one.